you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me on this journey to taking ownership of our careers and our lives and our future. I started this podcast as a companion to my book called Own Your Career, Own Your Life, which is all about helping you to stop drifting, take control, own your future, and achieve your goals. It's something I'm trying to get better at all the time, and I want to inspire more and more people to do the same. That's why I wrote the book. That's why I launched this podcast, and that's why I'm interviewing experts and thought leaders on a daily basis to learn as much as I can from others and share more great content with the world. The interview I have for you today is with my friend Ben Baker up in Richmond, British Columbia. Ben is an absolute expert on leadership, employee experience, and storytelling. I've interviewed him on my Talent Development Hot Seat podcast, and he's had me on his podcast as well, uh, Your Brand Marketing, which you'll hear him talk about. Uh, And I wanted to get him back on to talk about leading through crisis, how to work effectively during uh, COVID-19 and working remotely. And then there's some really great discussion at the end, the last 10 minutes or so of this 30-minute conversation about uh, how to take ownership of your career, why no one else cares more about your career than you do, and why you need to take action towards your goals to build your own brand, build your image, uh, build your network, all of those things that I talk about in the book as well. Really great validation. By the way, if you want to get uh, updates on the book, you want to get some of our free resources, make sure you head over to our website, ownyourcareerownyourlife.com. Everything is there. I'd love to get you on our email list so we can send you updates on all the cool things that we're doing here. And I'd love for you to subscribe and keep listening. Thank you, everybody, for your support. And here is my interview with Ben Baker. All right. We are live with Ben Baker, employee engagement expert and uh, founder and owner of Your Brand Marketing up in British Columbia as well as a host of Your Brand Marketing Podcast, right? Ben, welcome to the show. It's actually the Your Living Brand.live podcast, but that's okay. Your Living Brand.live. Your Living Brand.live podcast. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show, Ben. Uh, thanks for having me. I always, always enjoy our conversations. We always have fun. So I know. I agree. Uh, you've been on my other podcast, The Talent Development Hot Seat. I've been on your podcast. Uh, we've had some great Zoom calls and discussions in between about the the world of talent development, employee engagement, storytelling, uh, just running a business in different countries and different times. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's been interesting to keep in touch and talk about podcasting. But for those of you who don't know you, let's start with an introduction. Who who are you and what do you do? Who am I? You know, over the last 25 years, I've been in the communications game. I started off in direct mail 25 years ago. And it very quickly moved into communication. It very quickly got into communication, communication strategy, brand development. Um, how do you communicate your value to others? And over the last five to seven years, it's really morphed into employee engagement consulting, looking at the brand from the inside. Because my belief is when employees are engaged, when employees understand the value that you, you bring to the world, they believe in it. They understand your brand story. They believe that they are part of the solution. They're going to work harder. They're going to provide better customer experience. They're going to create more loyal customers and they're going to stay. You know, the, there's a stat out there that says every employee that you lose costs you $100,000 to replace. 
And that's that's my mission is is to help companies develop better leadership strategies and better leadership communication to have more effective teams. Yeah, no doubt. And we've we've broken that down and talked about that before, how important it is to create a, a great employee experience and engage your employees so they want to stay. Um, a lot of my audience on this show are those corporate employees, right, who are looking yeah. for reasons and ways to be engaged and wanting to stay uh, before they start looking around. But also, we are now in crazy times under COVID-19 where a lot of people are being asked to leave or take a break, right, furlough or being laid off or just worried about their jobs. So let's start with those people. Um, if you're in that kind of situation, um, what should people be doing right now to be thinking about, you know, taking care of their career and making sure they're prepared for whatever's coming? Well, I, I think that what's coming up and what's going forward is leadership. Leadership in my attitude is, is not a title. It's an attitude. We need to stop going from being someone who does stuff and are process driven to people that are thinking and extrapolating and understanding how can we be better moving forward and how can we position ourselves being better moving forward. My book is called Powerful Personal Brands, A Hands-On Guide to Understanding Yours. And it's all about codifying, communicating your value to others. You have to understand who you are, what you do and why you do it. And I think that that's a big part behind the leadership is how do we make ourselves valuable? First of all, who do we want to make ourselves valuable to? And then how do we make ourselves indispensable to those people? Because business is going to change. It already has changed. You know, this is a watershed moment. You know, this is something our kids are going to be talking about to their grandchildren. And we need to start thinking about how do we improve our lot in life and how do we improve our value moving forward so that people say, yeah, that's the people we want to align ourselves with moving forward because how we're going to do business is change and what, you know, what working for a company looks like is going to change moving forward. And it's positioning ourselves so we're in the best place to be the person that people want to have working for them or with them. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, and anybody can step up and be a leader. Uh, we need great leadership in these uh, crazy times. And I saw you and I emailed briefly today and I saw in your signature, you were offering uh, free Zoom consultations to clients, friends, people in your network on leading through this crisis. And I'm curious, you know, what kinds of things are you hearing in these conversations? What are the important things that people need to be thinking about to lead through a crisis like this? Well, I think the first thing people need to understand is that other people are scared. Mm. People are terrified, you know, because nothing is scarier than the unknown. You know, people are very comfortable being comfortable. And we're in a position where for the first time in a generation, people have had to be uncomfortable. And there's a lot of people that don't remember 2008. You know, it, it doesn't seem that far long ago, but for a lot of people that could be half their life. And when you start thinking about it, people that were you know, 15, 16, 18, 21, 22 years old in 2008, that's a lifetime ago, and they don't remember the crisis and the challenge and how we made it through that. So you have people that have had 10 years of growth, 10 years of, you know, of benefit, 10 years of, of easy business, and I do, I do call it easy business, and have not had to be great leaders because things just ticked along. And now the challenge is coming up. Now the challenge is how do you lead people 
that all of a sudden worked in, you know, worked in a business, what came to the office every single day, they, they did what they had to do and they left. And then now you're dealing with people that, wait a second, I want to work from home. I want a different autonomy. I want to work in different hours. I want to work, you know, I want to be communicated in this way. I don't want to be communicating this way. I need to have this in order to make myself feel fulfilled. And people asking the question, what's the purpose of your organization? And there's a lot of questions that are being asked by employees that leaders just don't know. And that's what we need to be able to sit there come back and think about. We need to come back and think about, first of all, where have we been? Where are we now? And where do we want to go? And do we have the right tools and the right people in place as organizations and as people individually in order to get there? Because I think that the skills that people need are what people call the soft skills, the human skills, the listening, the understanding, the empathy, and unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of training on that kind of stuff for years, if not decades. And you have a lot of people out there that you know are in leadership positions that truly are you know masters of the Peter Principle. They've been hired to their own level of incompetence, and they just don't have the skill set, you know, in order to be the great leaders that we need moving forward. Yeah, that's an interesting point, right? And you and I have both experienced that there's a lot of uh, people being out there being promoted to manager level, and they haven't really truly been given that training or the ability to go out and lead, uh, to lead people. And now they're given the extra challenge, right? That they are working remotely. They're not with the people in the office. Uh, let's talk to some of those people. If you are you know, leading a team, you're a frontline manager, uh, and you want to be effective during this time, you're not really getting some of the training. How can people take some of these matters into their own hands and maybe lead some of their own development to become more of a leader in their in their organization? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of great courses out there. I mean, I've got a course that's called Developing the Leader in You. That's an, that's an online course, an on-demand course. And I combine that with uh, 90 minutes worth of, of consulting of my time to be able to do that. But there's lots of good courses out there the, the key thing to think about is you need to wake up in the morning and you think, need to think about who are the people that I'm leading, who are the people in my team, and what do they need, and how can I help them? If you wake up every single morning and say, what can I do to make my team more effective? What are the things I can do to help my team be better? You're 65% the way there. You truly are. If, if you have that attitude of sitting there going, okay, we're now remote. What does that mean? Okay, we need to talk amongst each other. What does that mean? What's the technology we need to set up? How often do people need to meet? What kind of check-ins do we need to have? Are people okay? Do you need to have individual sessions with people and group sessions? Do you need to have you know, more sessions with some people and less sessions with others? Do you, you know, how do you set up expectations? A lot of it comes down to communication. And I think that if we can figure that out, it's about being available and accessible. You know, it, available means that, you know, yeah, okay, if you leave me a, vo a voicemail, I'll get back to you eventually. Accessible means, you know what? I have times that I'm available. My Zoom chat is open, you know, this hour, this hour, this hour, 15 minutes, at, or at the top of every hour for 15 or 20 minutes, I just leave my Zoom chat open. Come and, you know, come grab me as you need me. It's and a matter of figuring those things out. 
Yeah, I agree. And when you're working remotely, you're not with people, then I think communication becomes that much more important that you're reaching out, checking in with people. I, I had a, the privilege of going through this really cool learning experience on Friday called Leading Through Crisis. And one of the scenarios that um, I went through was about how often you should be communicating with your team when you're mm -hmm. in times like this, you know, is it is it business as usual, cut back on meetings, or uh, one of the options was have a standard, you know, weekly or daily check-in. And it turned mm -hmm. out that is the best way to go because we need to over-communicate with people, find out what's going on. Some people have less work than they normally do. Some people have more work. Some people have challenges with children and family. Some people don't have those challenges and maybe people can help each other out. You know, you don't want that to be the long-term case, but in the short term, the more people are communicating, the more people can help each other take, you know, workload off of somebody's shoes. You can help out as a leader, as a manager. You can ask your manager for help because maybe you're afraid to do that unless you hear from them. And then they go, how can I help you? And you're like, oh, okay, here's the things I'm working on. Maybe you can help me figure out how to do this. Yeah. And you also need to think of these people not only as coworkers, but as human beings as well, mm. because there's a lot of challenges going on right now, especially in, in the land of COVID-19 where people are stuck at home with spouses, with kids. They could be in, you know, abusive relationships. They could have, you know, things with their, with their children, you know, issues with their children. They may not have a, a quiet space to sit in. They may not have a proper chair to sit in. You know, there's, there's all sorts of physical things that are going to lead people not to not feel successful within their own home. Yeah. And you need to sit there and actually ask the questions do you have the tools, the space, and the and the location that are going to allow you to be successful working from home? Because unless you ask these questions, you'll never know. And then you, you're sitting there going, okay, why is this person not doing the work they need to do? Well, wait a second. Their kids are home. Their kids are two and four years old running through the house at all given times. And it's just not conducive for them to be working during quote unquote office hours. Yeah, welcome to my life. <laughs> I've got a six-year-old and a four-year-old here. So, so you speak that language. I've oh, got the sixteen-year-old yeah. that hides in his in his in his room, and, and you see him at mealtime. You know, if you're lucky. But you know what? It's so funny that you say that because you just I just had a flashback to when I was sixteen, and one of the things that I regret, um, you know, regret is maybe a strong word, but I didn't really talk to my parents when I was. 16, 17. I was, the, I was the guy, like I, the kid, I went into my room and closed the door and listened to music and I, they couldn't get a word out of me. And I always felt bad about that. But at least if I was somebody that like that type of teenager makes it easy to get your work done if everybody's oh, at home. Absolutely. The, the needy one who, you know, my kids need a lot of help and supervision. And <laughs> so it's a fun well, the, time. The joke is I tell people, it says, how are you doing? I says, Hey, we got strong Wi-Fi and toilet paper. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. So right. it's, but it, it also, it, it, we have a house that is the way the house is physically structured. You know, I'm in my office. I've had a home office for more than 12, 14 years now. It's all set up. My son has got a bedroom that's got, you know, a mesh router in there. It's all, he's all set up. My wife is downstairs in the dining room with doors on both sides that can be closed. So she's, you know, got her own private space. So the three of us can be in here working in the house and not be on top of each other. But if you have four people in a 750 square yeah. foot, two bedroom apartment, you know, it's a completely different animal. Yeah. I just read a, a, a short, a little bit of a story this morning about the CEO of this uh, retail clothing company, apparel company 
uh, based in San Francisco and he lives in a small apartment with his family and can't really work in the apartment. So it was about how he's working from his car, his, his Toyota Tacoma in his truck parked outside of his apartment, running like a multi-million dollar business from his, yeah. from his smartphone in his truck. Cause that's, that's all he can do right now. There's nowhere else to go. It's crazy. And, and you wonder why, you know, we work in a whole bunch of those other type of, you know, those uh, small office, home office type locations are doing so well is because people can't work from home. Yep. You know, a lot of people just physically, there's just no space right. for them to work at home effectively. Yep. So people got to do what they can to get by. So that actually brings me to my next question, which I was going to ask you, you know, for people working remotely that are, you know, you and I have been working remotely for years, but a lot yep. of people are brand new to that, trying to figure it out. What are some tips that you have for people to be effective while working remotely? The first thing I do is you got to build a mentality of when you get up in the morning, you, you shower, you shave, and you get dressed. Don't think that because you're working from home, you can live in your pajamas and just don't shave for a week. You have to think like you're going to the office. Well, I know I'm the same way, but that's a different story <laughs> altogether. I didn't shave and, but you need to have that mentality in the office. I have my own telephone line. I have, you know, I'm basically self-sufficient in my office. When I 12 years ago, I gutted this bedroom and turned it into an office. You know, I, I literally pulled out everything, rewired it, et cetera. You don't have to go as far as I did, but that's what we did because I have a separate phone line. If the house phone rings, I never answer it. I don't do laundry during the week. I don't load and unload the dishwasher unless I do it during my lunch hour. The only time I watch television is if I'm having lunch. You know, it is something I give myself a half hour lunch during the day. That's when I do that. And it's a matter of setting yourself up so the mentality is when you're at whatever physical space you're at in the house, you're actually at the office and you think of it, this is where I am for the next eight hours. This is my job. Yes, I'm going to get up. I'll go have a cup of coffee. I'll come back. I'll stretch, do those type of things. But you're actually at the office for the eight hours. And it's, it's really, it's a mental shift. Yeah. The number second thing that you need to think about is what are the things that you need to do? Who are the people you need to talk to? And be able to set up systems that you're contacting them on a regular basis. Hmm. Because you can't just get up and have a water cooler conversation. You can't just go into the staff room and have a conversation with people. You need to actively go out and talk to people. So it's setting up regular conference calls, Zoom calls, whatever, to be able to make sure that you can get the information that you need, not only from your own team, but from the other teams that you need within the organization. And those are really the important things that I think about is, is make sure that you have, you know, besides having strong Wi-Fi, besides having a printer that works, besides making sure that you're not, you know, utilizing the home phone and everybody's answering it on the things right. is that, and it's also making sure the people around you know that when you're home, you're working. No, I'm not going to go pick up milk and eggs in the middle of the day. No, I'm not going to take your grandmother to the, to the, the doctor because I wouldn't do it during the day during the day anyway. You know, you have to set boundaries and say, look, I'm working. Like you're in your office and you're working. I'm in my office and I'm working. Right. And you yeah. need to think that way. I do agree. I think the boundaries are really important uh, because if you just like start letting stuff in and you're the type of person that, you know, one one chip falls and then everything kind of just falls apart and, and you're really flexible, then you can start doing all kinds of stuff throughout the day and then you don't get your work done. And there could be really major consequences to that. And I think the communication is really important as well. 
you know, you and I are, are two people who not only are used to working from home, but are probably on video calls like this all day long, right? With colleagues yeah. and, and partners and doing interviews, both run podcasts, but a lot of people are not used to that. And I think there's a danger that, you know, you end up going into this hole where you just feel really lonely and separated mm-hmm. from the rest of the world, especially if you don't have a family at home, right? And you might be living on your own, which is fine because you normally go to the office during the week, but now you're not going anywhere. Um, you know, humans are social creatures. We need socialization. And if you can't physically socialize with people, get out there, you know, make a phone call, get on Zoom, get on a video. Uh, you don't have to do a LinkedIn live like we are, but, uh, you know, get just have communication with people, join a community, something like that. Uh, I've been invited to just so many virtual happy hours. It's kind of hard to keep up. But it's yeah, nice turn into that. an alcoholic if I went to I every virtual have a yeah, happy but all hour. that stuff is going on, right? And we psychologically we need that. Otherwise, we uh, you know there's a risk of getting anxiety, depression, other things, other consequences if we're not like you said, treat everyone like humans. We are humans. We need to treat ourselves like humans and have that human connection. And and we also need to give ourselves a break and realize what we can do and what we can't do during that, especially now during COVID nineteen because. You're right. If you're the only person at home, okay, fine. It's one thing. But if you have one or two kids at home, a spouse at home, you know, whatever at home, and there's a whole bunch of things going on, you need to have realistic conversations with the with your manager, with the leaders who said they're going, look, you know, the kids, you know, I have a, I have a, you know, 18-month-old kid that goes down from naps between this time and this time. I can't have people calling me. Yeah. You know, we need we need to figure out what we can. I will call you for that right. for that conference call. Don't please don't call me. Um, or you need to sit there and say, look, I can't work from this time this time because I have to help the kids with their schoolwork. Yeah. But maybe I'll work from eight o'clock at night till 1030 or I'll work early in the morning to be able to make up the hours that I need to do. So there needs to be that two way conversation about timing, about what's going to work, because working from nine to five for everybody right now is just not possible. So yeah. you need to sit there and say, where's the flexibility to be able to make sure things get done, but maybe it gets done on a different time, on a different timeline. Yeah, absolutely. So putting that aside a little bit, or, or maybe weaving it in, um, you mentioned your book earlier. My book that I'm writing is called own your career, own your life. It's about taking control and uh, you know, achieving your goals, owning your future and I know you're big on those concepts, really living intentionally, helping your clients, helping, you know, being connected. Um, what advice do you have for people to take more ownership of their careers? What sort of things, challenges do you see out there holding people back? I, th- I think the first thing is, is you have to take ownership of your career. I mean, quite honestly, you can't sit around waiting for somebody to recognize you and promote you. Mm. And, and I think that too many people over the last 20, 30 years have done that. They have they have actually gone out there and said, okay, well, I'll wait for somebody else to recognize the work that I do. And, you know, and hopefully I'll get a promotion or hopefully I'll get a raise or hopefully I'll get this. We need to be having those conversations with people and say, look, this is what I want to be doing. This is where I want to go. This is the things that these, this is the next step that I want to be in my career. How do I get there? And be able to have those conversations open and honest with people to say, you know what, I really love what I'm doing now. I'm really excited about what I'm doing now, but I don't want to do this forever. I know that I would make a great leader and this is why, or I know that I would make a good whatever and this is why. 
but where do you see the skills gap between what you know where I am and where I need to go? And what are the things that I need to do and where what courses can I take to be able to do that? And we need to have those conversations and take those courses, you know, and and do those things and find a mentor three levels up that will that will be able to help you bring your career along because we need to we need to help ourselves. We we desperately need to help ourselves. If we're sitting there waiting for somebody else to point at us and say you're the chosen one, that's not going to happen anymore. We need to choose ourselves and we need to be able to put ourselves in position to articulate this is what I do, this is why I do it, this is who I do it for, this is the value that I bring to the table. Why not? Right. And I think we need to have more of a why not attitude instead of why. Yeah. Bring up a very good point. Uh, you know, no one, I, I think this might surprise some people, but no one cares more about your career or even your life than you do, right? Absolutely. You very supportive parents or sibling, you know, or spouse or even your kids might care that you keep your job or whatever, but no one cares more about your career than you do. And so you've got to step up. You've got to take the initiative to own that career. Stop waiting for other people to tell you what to do, to tell you where to go, what things to work on. And uh, and you're absolutely right about the the self-promotion too. I had my friend Gemma Stowe on a couple of weeks ago talking about the importance of self-promotion. And she had some stats. I don't remember them exactly, but it's a much smaller, when you look at why people get promoted, um, the reason of uh, they did great work is a much smaller percentage than you think, right? Most people think it's a lot more about because of uh, the brand that you build, the network that you have, all yeah. the things that you've got to do to to really take ownership of your career. And the problem is, we've been taught from the time we were in kindergarten differently. We've been taught through elementary school, high school, university, jobs, etc., that you know we have to wait for somebody to to allow us to do whatever. We raise our hand to go to the bathroom. And, and, and everything else, but we need to have somebody else point at us and say, yeah, okay, you go ahead now. It's, 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 now, a it's now a mentality shift. Mm -hmm. We need to take control of our own careers because if we don't believe in ourselves and we do not believe in our value, if we do not believe that we could be capable of this, but we may just be shy one or two things that we need to get to that point, it's up to us to sit there and say, look, What's keeping me from being promoted to that level? Fine. How are we going to get me there? And it's a we. It's it's how am I going to work with you as an organization right. to be able to get me there? And it's it's got to be a two-way street. Because well, yeah, because a lot, a lot of people are waiting for their manager to tell them what to do, right? But if you can spend the time to figure out exactly what you want to do with your career, where you want to go, then you can bring that to your manager, which makes it much easier on your manager to help you get where you need to go because they probably don't know. They're doing the best they can as well. And if you bring that to them and have that conversation, then they can say, oh, okay, I didn't realize that you wanted to move into finance or you wanted to be a VP one day or you know, you want to be this or that. Let, let's put a plan together and see how I can help you, what you can do. Exactly. You know, people, people will help you if, if you raise your hand. Yeah, that's it's amazing, right? And you don't still raise your hand to go to the bathroom, right? Do you get to go uh, you know? only when I'm asking my wife. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people, I don't want to make people feel bad. And I and I explain this in the book too. I don't want to make people feel bad for 
if they ended up in a career because their parents or someone else told them to be there. We all did that, right? That happened mm -hmm. to me. I was drifting along trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Had no idea. But I, the more thought I've given it, the more time I've put into reading, learning, reflecting, talking to experts like you, you know, listening to podcasts, getting feedback, uh, the more clarity I've gotten, you know, I figure out my strengths and weaknesses, the more clarity I've gotten on where I want to go with my career and my life. And now I have much more certainty. It's a lot easier to make the decisions when opportunities come my way. So, you know, it's all about deciding where you want to go, set that vision and start taking action towards that plan, knowing that it can all change, right? We we yeah. all end up in different places. Well, let's put it this way. I grew up on a construction site. The best thing that my father ever did was he put me underneath his uh, on-site manager. If that guy decided to fire me, I was fired. Had nothing to do with him. My dad owned the company, but his attitude is if that guy decided I needed to be fired, I was going to be fired. My degree is in international relations, uh, Middle Eastern politics. I spent the first 10 years of my life in, in high-tech high tech sales. Now I run a communications company. You never know where you're going to go. You never mm -hmm. know what the next step is. You never know what the next door or window is going to open. And yep. it's a matter of looking at the opportunities and saying, why not? Instead of why. If we, if we sit there and say, all right, that looks interesting. There's opportunity there. I don't know exactly where I'm going. I don't know exactly where I'm going to end up. But you know what? That's interesting and it's different. Let's give it a shot. And I think people really need to walk through those doors on their own because those doors are not going to open up on their own. Love it. I think that's a good way to go out right there, Ben. We got to wrap things up for anybody listening who wants to get in touch with you. Uh, for them, if you're watching this live on LinkedIn, I've tagged you in the post. Uh, so I know people can find you and connect with you on LinkedIn. And if they want to listen to your podcast, what's the podcast called again? The podcast is the Your Living Brand Live Show. It, new episode comes out every Wednesday and you can always get in touch with me at yourbrandmarketing.com. Yourbrandmarketing.com. There we go. Thank you so much, Ben, for coming on the show. This has been awesome. Andy, thanks for having me. All right. Take care.